You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem Listeners, this is Vicki, and I just want to thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. This is episode 307, and we'll be talking about rumors, news, and a little bit of history. I also want to remind you that Nick is going to be MIA for about three weeks or so, so my daughter Kaylee will be here joining us for Disney Fun. How are you doing, Kaylee? Pretty good. We'd also like to remind you to check out our friends at WaltExpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. So what you got this week, Kaylee? Anything great and exciting? Well, the first thing we're going to start with is about the Disney Junior Live on Stage performance that happens in Hollywood Studios. This is in Disney World. I don't know that they have this in Disneyland. I don't think they do anywhere because they don't have a place to put it, but the... Disneyland or Disney World, excuse me, show um, that has been going on since 2001 as Playhouse Disney live on stage. It transitioned to Disney Junior live on stage when the uh, actual channel changed its name from Playhouse Disney to Disney Junior, but now it's going to change even more drastically and it's not going to be a stage show anymore. It's going to be a Disney Junior dance party. And so it still will be a show, but it uh, involves the kids more. So it's more so like they get to dance with their favorite characters rather than just going to see them perform for the kids. Oh, cool. So that's what this seems to be about. So are they going to be on a stage at all or they're going to have the kids come up like it's a dance party? It just says it's a high energy live show featuring characters from Mickey and the Roadsters Racers, Doc McStuffins, The Lion Guard, uh... The new hit series, Vampirina, and even more. Or Vampirina, maybe that's how you say it. But, yeah, it says it's just going to transition and change a little bit. Probably because since the show's, it said it's been on since 2001, so they probably thought it needed a change. Well, we got to revamp. Always revamping. You know, that it wouldn't be Disney if we didn't. So, I want to talk about um, Disneyland, and this is a rumor, so... Just putting that out there. Rumor. We're not for sure. However, Disneyland has introduced the blackout dates and on their calendar for next year. And that could lead to the reveal of the opening dates of Star Wars Land. And as you know, we reported a rumor about blackout dates and when Sto- Toy Story Land was going to open. And we were right. It was in that block of time. So just a heads up. Rumors sometimes become truth. So they release the dates on a calendar for Disneyland. You'll have to Google that. I don't have the exact website. I apologize for that. But they um, know the dates that you can be in the park and the dates that you can't. The days that you can be in the park are in green and then the blackout dates are in gray. And so they are only assuming that the Star Wars Galaxy Edge is going to open on June 21st with a soft opening just based on the blackout dates that they put out there. So that's a good rumor. And um, usually our calendar rumors when they do blackout dates are pretty accurate. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, they seem to be over the course of you guys reporting on everything. It almost always falls in those dates. And they try to make it seem like, oh, this is just this is just a hint, but then it's almost always there. Right. So, it's always nice to have a good juicy rumor or two. Yeah. Okay. So, uh now moving on, the minivan service. We've been talking about this 
for a long time, like, when it first came out, and it was only available at, like, two of the resorts, and it is now available at all Walt Disney World uh, resorts. So we'll be able to use it this year. Yeah, we can use it this year. So it says, using the Lyft app, you can request a minivan to travel to and from any location in Walt Disney World, and it's $25 per trip per vehicle. Now, I think that's cheaper than when they first brought them out. I don't know if that was just me. I didn't look it up, but that seemed cheaper to me than they originally advertised when they first came out. So it was originally $20 one way, but the cool thing about those is, so if we're going to use them, I'd like to use them on Christmas Day when we're there, just because you know how crazy it is getting to the parks. But I wouldn't worry about writing it back because the cool thing about writing it to the parks listeners, if you've not heard us say this before, is that you get to go straight up to the where the buses drop off, where if you take an Uber or something, they're going to drop you off somewhere else. You don't get to get as close to the park as you do when you're on a bus. So, um, well, that's a cool service. Yeah, it even says they will provide service to and from the Orlando International Airport now, along with the Disney's Magical Express. Um, but it says you need to book the service at least 24 hours in advance of travel time. And so how much is that? Because surely that's not $25. It doesn't say. So that's the magical part is when the price is not listed, that's usually meaning it's too high for them to want to post it. Right. That's true. All right. Well, so the Blueberry Grass Band, this is just for Nick. So in case he gets to listen wherever he may be, um, is coming to Epcot. And he's always giving me a hard time that I'm from Georgia when, in fact, just my husband from Georgia but um so I had to do this article they are going to be the the blueberry grass band is going to be at the Epcot Canadian Pavilion from June 13th to August the 26th so next week they're going to arrive in Epcot and um it's described as an accomplished group from Quebec who transforms French and English Canadian hits into their own festive sound and it says that the blueberry grass band takes its name from the sweet nickname given to the people at of their home region Sagane Lac Saint Jean in the beautiful part of Quebec. I'm sorry if I ruined that. The residents are um, known as blueberries, and so the playful spirit of this nickname shows in the band's performances as well as every concert. It's um, joyous and upbeat and clearly cheerful for all the people that are listening. And then it says every member of the six part person band has a different musical background resulting in a group that uses a variety of instruments, including string bass, guitar, violin, drums, banjo, and of course their voices. I'm not sure that's your cup of tea, Kaylee, but I mean, it sounds interesting. I'm pretty open to like all the music now that I've studied a lot of it and I can, I understand the background more so because before it was kind of just like, I don't like the way this sounds. But when you know where something comes from, it's a little more important. So they're going to have five shows a day in the Canadian Pavilion at 2.15, 3 o'clock, or excuse me, 3.30, 5, 6.15, and 7.30, Wednesdays through Sundays. So they don't play on Mondays and Tuesdays, which is interesting. So I wonder they if they get like have... a weekend. That's kind of nice. Or yeah. maybe they have another gig. Is that what you were going to say? Oh, no. I was just gonna, I was going to say maybe Disney has somebody else that they put on two days a week. I oh, don't know. That's true. It doesn't give me that information. But um, it just sounded cool. And again, I just wanted to dig Nick because, you know, he's always giving me trouble about being Southern. Yeah. That's not true. Okay. He's not here. We can be like, he's incorrect without him fighting us. Okay. So next piece of news is Disney's Animal Kingdom. Sorry to Disneyland people. All my news seems to be Disney World for right now. But we'll begin testing a new stroller parking system. Oh, I read about that. Now, I think this is very interesting. I saw it and wanted to talk about it because I am not a fan of strollers. (laughs) I mean, it might be different when I have kids and I want to bring my kids. But I'm the kind of person that, I don't know, I'm the kind of person that would wait until my kid could walk and I'd be like, sorry, you're walking. We're not going to truck. We're not going to lug a stroller around. That's too much work. At least one of those big fancy ones, like maybe one of those little bitty ones that looks like an umbrella almost because they're that small. But anyway, moving on. So it says they started this system on June 1st and the whole idea was to improve the experience for guests, which seems to be their goal for everything, but that's not always what happens. So it says, when arriving at specific shows and rides, uh, guests will receive a specific colored tag, which it will correspond to one of three stroller parking areas. And so they can, like the tags on your strollers can be reused at other attractions or a new tag picked up at each location. 
Um, and it says the participating attractions in the test include Kilimanjaro Safaris, It's Tough to Be a Bug, Cali River Rapids, Finding Nemo the Musical, Festival of the Lion King, Wildlife Express Train, and Rivers of Light. So I wonder if that will provide some sort of, uh, in the chaos, hopefully provide some sort of structure or at least help them with traffic control a little bit. So if one stroller parking area is full, they can redirect people or say your color doesn't match. Um, I'm, it doesn't give much detail as to how the actual system works or other than just the tagging. And so uh, I also find it interesting that they didn't have anything in the Pandora world. They didn't have any sort of system in there. And I feel that that would be a a good thing to have considering that's one of the most crowded areas in the park right now because it's and that's probably why because there's so many crowds there's not really a good place that they could put stroller parking okay i'm trying to think like disney for a second so they're probably color coding the strollers so that there's certain parking areas because you know how many times at least in the magic kingdom that you see the people removing the strollers into different spots and trying to make room for more strollers so maybe if they give certain colors it'll even it out or something and then the traffic flow like what you were saying is going to be better or at least that's i'm what i'm hoping is going to happen because it's it's not so nice sometimes and you know that just from the magic kingdom and epcot yeah, I feel like that's got to be the least magical job or one of them in the whole park is just moving strollers or yeah. controlling the strollers. Well, and then people can't find their stroller where this way, at least if it's got a color coding, they know, well, it's got to be, be in this area, the red area, or it's got to be in the blue area, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. I just saw it and was like, how do they think they're going to fix this? It's so insane. But I wonder if it'll work. We'll have to see. It just started... Um, this past week, so we'll have to see if it actually does some good or does more harm than good. I'm sure there'll be a follow-up article on it by somebody that tried it out. So I'm going to go to Paris. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to fly there right now. So the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris Resort is continuing to test a service that allows the guests to schedule select character meet-and-greets. Um, it's an online reservation since an online reservation system that allows the guests and their families to join a virtual line, freeing them up to enjoy other experiences while they're waiting. So while Disney Studio Parks in Paris is continuing this service and using a third-party app called Line Birdie, and you can join a virtual queue line to meet the characters. So you can be still riding the rides, but um, also get in line for the meet and greets which seem to be really huge even more so in Paris did you have a question sorry no I'm just like I think that's smart but at the same time I wonder if it will actually work or if it will cause arguments to break out well it says that um you have to download a secondary app so instead of the using the my Disney experience you download the line birdie app on your smartphone or device and it's good on both iOS and Android and um once the guest is in the queue line. They're given an approximate wait time so that they can go and ride other things or grab a bite to eat or see a show or something until their spot opens up. And then they get a, a text message from the line birdie when it's their turn to be at meet and greet. It says it's going to start on June 7th, which is tomorrow. And um, so it'll be interesting. I'm sure the, hopefully there'll be a follow up article about this. Because definitely I want to know how this is working. They're going to try it out from June 10th to September 30th. And then they're going to recap and figure out if it's working or if they need to make changes to it. Wow, September 30th? Yeah. That's such a big testing area. I guess a testing time frame. But yeah, I guess my thing was I could just see it happening where it's not like what we have here with the app and the ordering food and showing up. Because... You have to, with that app, you have to say when you're there. And then the food is, like, brought out to you and right. all this. But with characters, there's one character and a bunch of people that were waiting in line. So is there going to be, say you were across the park. I don't know why you would do that, but you were a little too far away or you left too late to get back there and your time frame ends. Or there are people that got notified that it was their turn and they they turn up like 20 minutes later and said, well, it said it was our turn, but it was 20 minutes ago. And there are people now saying it's their turn, you know, just, I feel that it could cause a lot more problems 
but maybe it'll I don't know I keep seeing the negative but I can just see both sides of how it would help I'm trying to think it through in a positive way so just like we do when we do a fast pass for the fast pass for the meet and greet at Epcot the character spot then they filter in people that are just on standby so maybe while they're waiting for you to get there saying that it's your turn in the queue line they'll just keep doing those people until you show up and then you get to cut to the front of the line which I mean is only fair if you're willing to put that in the app now again this is at Disneyland Paris for anybody who's listening so this is not in the states yet and maybe it will eventually come there I don't know it, I think it's a good idea yeah, for sure I guess if it were they'll see like at the end of the trial run and see if it's worth implementing in other parks hopefully in the states if it really works because that would be really nice while i'm on paris though i want to finish up something they just finished their festival of pirate and princess parade which i was watching the other day and i told you to check it out it's on youtube um so they finished that on may 31st they will start a new um thing that they're doing for this summer on june the 10th so the beginning of next week they're going to start something called summer of the heroes and it'll be held until September 30th, and you'll get to meet your Marvel hero, heroes, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Black Widow, and more. So, if you are headed to Paris, Disneyland Paris, that is, you will not see the Festival of Pirate and Princess Parade unless you watch it on YouTube on your phone or your uh, television or computer. Um, but you will be a part of something that's brand new to Paris, and that is Summer of Heroes. That's pretty neat. All right, so... You and Nick have been following for a while the pay raise, all that drama that's been behind that with uh, Disney employees fighting for a raise. And that's Disneyland, yes? That is Disneyland. And so now it's officially been uh, said that it will increase $15 an hour. I don't know if you guys had officially talked about this or if any news had come out prior to this, but it says it just happened recently where um, the... The pay has now been shifted, and it will be $15 an hour. So it's been raised, but it won't happen automatically. So right now, it's at $11. So it's not just going to go up to $15 all of a sudden. It will increase to $13.25 an hour. And then by 2020 is when they're saying that's when employees will see the $15. Now, I'm hoping, obviously, I don't know how any of that works, but there has to be some sort of contract holding them to that. They can't just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to increase the pay. And then around 2020 be like, oh, it's not the funds, even though Disney has unlimited unlimited funds. So I could just see something going if somebody tried to slide under there. But I mean, I feel that this is too big of a deal. So hopefully nothing happens or maybe we'll see something unfold in a couple of years. But it just says it reflects a 36 percent increase in pay over a three-year period. So that's pretty significant. Well, um, we had something like this. Now, it's been six years ago, but we had something like that. And Disney is not the education system. So uh, if it's in the contract, I'm sure they're going to make them sign some kind of contract where they um, give them a pay raise. And I think it's nice that they're telling them, I'm sorry, I can't do this whole big amount at once because they're going to lose some of the employees anyway. And That's so true. Uh, this way, you know, if they're willing to wait, then you know that they're really true to, to Disney and yeah. want to work for them. And it says California currently has a law in place that would require employees to pay employers to pay their employees fifteen dollars an hour by twenty two. So by twenty twenty two. Yes. And so, oh, so they'll be ahead of the game. They're going to be ahead of the game significantly. So maybe that'll be a draw for people to work at Disney too, especially if they're two years ahead of the game and their place is not paying them. For sure. Who, who doesn't want to work for a couple more dollars an hour than in another place? And in Disney. Yeah. You get to work in Disney. So, Michael, they, um, ABC, I need to back up a little bit, ABC, which is owned by Disney, of course, just reportedly is being sued by Michael Jackson because they aired something last week, a story about his life without getting it's called the last days of michael jackson which i did not watch and i don't think you did either. i did not watch that either so um they did not get permission to do this apparently and the state filed a complaint saying that abc did not obtain a request or a right to use images for their primetime special and um disney says that they removed a specific image from their promotional material as a courtesy but in the recent update 
um, it wasn't by the deadline that they had given them or something. So Michael Jackson's estate is now reportedly suing them for using song clips and images of the singer without the permission. And the lawyers for the estate filed an 18-page lawsuit in California federal court with the goal of presenting the case to, to a jury. So I... Mm. This is a big deal. Something had to have happened for that to go through. Like, how did they get all the way to showing it? And then all of a sudden there's... Well, they've had stuff about him. For years they've done stuff, but I guess, you know, he's gone now. And I think sometimes when the person that's alive that did it, or was alive that did it, they're a little bit more forgiving of using things over again, but I feel like sometimes his family, since he's been gone, are taking advantage of the fact of his name and trying to make every penny that they can possibly make. Yeah, I guess I can see that too, but I feel like Disney has the money to bury this, like in a way that they feel, it's not even like they disrespected him, it was, and they have attractions for him, they had the uh, Captain EO and he was in that he was a big part of Disney it's not that they were disrespecting him in any way and I feel like it will be talked about for a while but I feel like Disney could uh, bury this a little bit after a while I feel like the hype will go away and maybe they'll pay some people off and it'll never have happened well maybe so so. because unless there's some kind of clause like Robin Williams has where they can't use his voice for so many years after his death and and maybe there was something hidden that Disney forgot about or they didn't know the family knew, but who knows? You're right. We're going to find out something. I'm sure this story will continue and we'll try to cover it as best as we can when we find information. Yeah. All right. Well, moving to more legacies left in Disney. Um, it William Phipps, I believe that's how you say his name, voice of Prince Charming has died at age 96. He was, Aww. I know, it was sad. He was like the first, not the first prince, but the first prince to me almost. I don't disregard Snow White's prince in any way, <laughs> but this prince is Prince Charming. It's yes. the prince that you think of. And so it He's says... He's the prince in the cap- castle at Disney World. Yes. And so not only was Phipps a sci-fi movie star of the 1950s, um, he also lent his voice to the character of Prince Charming, obviously the animated classic. And this debuted in 1950. He was 96 at the uh, time of his passing in the UCLA Medical Center in Santa Monica after battling with lung cancer. I don't know how long, but it just says his death was announced by his friend and noted showbiz author Tom Weaver. And so I guess he had been seeing it. He was he lived a long life. He was yes, 96. he did. I saw that. I thought it was one of the newer princes, and I saw it was charming, and I was like, I'm surprised he was alive still. But, yeah, his fight with lung cancer, so maybe he would have lived longer. But um, it said he was hired to play Prince Charming opposite Eileen Woods by Walt Disney himself after awesome. hearing his audition tape. And said, and Phipps said, according uh, to him, he was paid around a hundred dollars for two hours of work on an afternoon in January 1949. So it just took two hours. Obviously, Prince Charming doesn't really say that much in the movie, nearly as much as Cinderella. But a hundred dollars for two hours of work—that would be Nothing. way higher now. <laughs> yes, it would. And then there were more uh, things later where he apparently, I found this interesting. Disney had to promote the film, he had um, aimed a contest at young women to promote it, which was really smart on his part. And so they entered for a contest and they the winner would get to go to Hollywood and have a date with the voice of Prince Charming. Oh. And so that was super smart. Just the voice or him? Be like, well, the person who voiced oh, okay. him. So not just like... What were you thinking? Like, they sent him with their recording system? It's, or? Not, it's not Siri, Mom. It's the 50s. <laughs> they had tape recorders. Okay, still. That would be very weird. Okay, but anyway, they got a date with uh, William Phipps. And so it, he, as he recalls it, he was dressed in a white tie, tails, and a top hat. And then he would meet the lucky winner in front of a live audience on stage. Um during a radio broadcast and so he met them and then he was like they gave me I think a hundred dollars pocket money which I feel like for him getting paid a hundred dollars to the voice <laughs> yeah. and they were given a hundred dollars to go on this date I feel like they could have done a lot but it says and a limousine and a driver so we could go anywhere we wanted and he said we went to Ciro's and the Mocambo I, I believe no that's how you say it and he said 
those were two of the most famous places on the Sunset Strip at that time, and then they went to the Trocadero, too. I have no idea how to say these words. I'm sorry if I'm butchering them. And then he said it was just a pretty typical, like, date night. They went out, and then they took her back to her hotel, and then he went back to his home where he was living. Uh, it was called the House of the Seven Garbos, and it said a home for fledging are fledgling actresses and he said i lived in a room in the basement for seven dollars a week seven dollars a week so see that hundred dollars that he did for the movie paid a lot that paid a lot of rent and so i mean if you think about he said seven dollars a week so i was like that's still so cheap a month like that's just what is that that's chump change that's mcdonald's i I just thought it was so funny and then he said yeah i just went and turned my tuxedo in the next day so he just lived it was so different then it was just such a casual time but i just thought the whole story was funny how that came out that's hilarious but yeah so i'm gonna go to hong kong now i'm all over the place today okay hong kong disneyland um released new concept art for their ongoing expansion now for anybody who's been listening for a while including our friend angela that we know she actually went to hong kong disneyland while her son was doing um a semester over there abroad and she was saying that it was a relatively small park. So that must be why they feel like they need some expansions going on. And she also said it wasn't really that busy. So they're going to have a Marvel part, a Frozen, and some other stuff that they're adding. They released three new images. And the images include Frozen, the Frozen area of the park, the new Ant-Man and Wasp-themed ride, and um, they're going to update the castle that they have there, which is interesting. So the new Frozen-themed area of the park is going to feature dining, shopping, entertainment, and attractions. It's um, the concept art similar to what's previously been seen in other parks. It's going to be a sleigh ride coaster, though. And um, you can compare the two photos in the gallery. Oh, sorry, it says in the gallery above. Excuse me, you can't see that. There's two pictures that they have of what the Frozen's going to look like. If you Google it, I'm sure that you can see it. And then in the Ant and the Wasp ride, it says that the opening of Iron Ant experience last year at Hong Kong expanded the presence of the Marvel in the park with the Ant-Man and the Wasp ride. And so taking the place of the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster, um, it'll be featured similar mechanics as guests use their laser blasters to battle Oh my goodness, here are some names for you, Kaylee. Arnim Zola and his army of Hydra Swarmbot. And the ride will be part of a new Marvel area that's coming to the park. So last year they opened up Iron Man. This year it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then the Sleeping Beauty Castle, what they're going to be doing, it's going to get a major makeover and it's going to tower over the park. And I remember that Angela had told us that it was it was a relatively small castle next to what we're used to at Disney World for sure. Um, They're going to redesign it and showcase new daytime and nighttime shows. So I guess currently they just have nighttime shows there. So that'll be interesting. I kind of want to go to Hong Kong to see it. So they have room to expand. Apparently, which I'm kind of surprised because she was saying how small it is and how crowded it is there. And that was a little much like. Yeah, because it it makes me wonder because I know Tokyo Disney, um, it's built in like the city. And so they really can't expand it. So I've always wondered if they were going to do anything, if they're just going to have to, after so long, replace attractions or just rethink build them. Build up. Or, yeah, or build up. <laughs> just build, like, it could be the first Disney park to be built in, like, a Two, skyscraper. There you thing, go. In, like, levels. But I just was surprised when you said Hong Kong could expand. Like, I wouldn't expect a place like that to be well, able to I was, expand that much. I was surprised, too, just because based on what Ange was saying about, um space yeah it just seemed small yeah well that's interesting so moving on to something completely different um marvel star benedict cumberbatch he has the best name in the world saved a cyclist from muggers so apparently he was in an uber like he was just had an uber driver he was with his wife And there was a food delivery company person. It's called Deliveroo, but this was in Europe. So this was not in the States anywhere because Benedict Cumberbatch does not live in the States. He's not from America. And so they were in an Uber, but this man, he was a cyclist that was delivering food. We don't really have that here. Maybe it will travel. But he was just being attacked by a group of people. Like, they came up and let's see what it says here. He just was pounced by four people punched in the face they were trying to take his bike 
I don't really understand why they decided to take a delivery bike. I don't know what kind of bikes these are. I didn't look them up. They have expensive bikes now. I mean, they I guess really that's do. true, but I, that's not something I would imagine happening here. Right. And so it says Cumberbatch was in a nearby cab with his wife. It said one said Uber, one said cab. I would assume probably an Uber, but it says he just left the car and then was pulling the attackers off of him, telling him to leave, leave him alone. And all of those people just got up and left. They didn't even try to take anything else. They fled the scene. Um, and it just says he's known for being uh, Dr. What is his name? I forgot. Dr. Strange. That's what it is. I could not think of the <laughs> word. He's Dr. Strange in uh, that newer Marvel movie. And so that took off. But he's also known for his role as Sherlock Holmes, Holmes in the TV series. And so he's got a big name so i kind of wondered if like the muggers like noticed who he was and just went away or if they were just scared of being fought but there were four of them so that's kind of why i found it interesting that one he was like able to take them all down by himself but i mean i guess it's intimidating it's like all really fast it's really nice though it was really nice and it said he just kind of said i had to do it like why would you see that and not do anything and so well i thought we hope that's how everyone would be everyone would be but you just don't know these days that's true people are afraid of losing their own life and so a lot of times they just walk on by crimes happening because they don't want to be the victim of something bigger that's true so, Disney World, um, on Saturday, this past Saturday, when my son was graduating, so I had no idea what was going on, was hosting a Peter Pan signature release event. So, um, they're re- re-releasing the Peter Pan movie. I-, I think you probably saw that on television. And um, so, on Saturday, they had, at 1.30 at the Magic Kingdom, they had a cavalcade, and they brought in Peter Pan and Wendy and the Lost Boys, and they marched up and down Main Street, USA. And... Um, the guests were invited to join them, and uh, Captain Hook was also a part of the event. And so these are characters that aren't seen very often, so that was a big deal for anybody who was at the park on Saturday. That's awesome. Also, um, several of the parks, it doesn't list which ones, but they had um, a screening of the Peter Pan, the 65th anniversary edition of it, and they were allowed to watch it at their resorts depending on if it was being played at their resorts it says it was being played at most disney resorts is what it said and um so if you do not have the 65th anniversary edition of peter pan they're encouraging to go out um they've remastered it of course it's going to be much better quality than it was well because the version that you probably have is on vhs i don't even remember yeah so so we probably need to upgrade to the dvd you're right yeah i don't even know if i have seen that whole movie it's been a long time that's one i need to go back and watch because it's referenced so much but i don't feel like it's played nearly as much as the other disney films especially on channels like freeform or any of the ABC channels, really, I feel that there are lots of Disney movies that they play almost nonstop when it's Disney weekends, but they never do Peter Pan. I've never seen it on TV. Yeah, really. well, there's some, they, because the classic ones, they call them locking away in the vault. Who knows where that vault is or what yeah. it looks like, but they say that they're locking them away, and that's just so they can re-release them and make money later. And I guess that's fair, smart. but they play Snow White. And that's the original one. You that would is think true. That would be one that they'd really want to not show. And they show Bambi and just Pinocchio. A lot of the, like, original ones. This and is I true. feel that that fits in there. And But that's one that's never really shown on TV. Because lots of kids know who Peter Pan is. But if you reference a lot of the characters, they don't know what you're talking about. They just know Peter Pan. So. Right. Because there was, like, a thing when we went to camp a couple years ago. And I don't think it was that movie, but it was another movie. And somebody had to name characters from the movie. Remember? Oh, yeah. And um, that was one of the ones that they couldn't name the characters quickly because you're probably right. People don't watch that one as much. Yeah. And once you get past Peter Pan and Wendy, you're like, uh, little little John. John, Hook. Uh, But, I mean, I'm a freak about that kind of stuff. So I can name lots of stuff. Like, I remember characters like that, but to... Normal people who don't have a Disney brain. I was going to say really think of people that, that aren't way. on Disney twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah, it's it's not the same. So they announced this week that uh, the location for the Star Wars themed resort. Yeah, and so it says that the location of it is currently under development on the south side of Disney's Hollywood Studios, and it's the east of World Drive. 
So the location means the resort experience will seamlessly connect to the Star Wars Galaxy Edge land at Disney's Disneyland Hollywood That's Studios. That's really smart. It's super smart. Good job, Disney. Wow. Always thinking. I don't know. That's really... So is that going to be an entrance now? Uh, well, the way that this is reading, yes. Um, that, of course, is just assumption at this point. Yeah. But I would say yes. I mean, I feel that it's smart for... Because I think Epcot having two entrances is really smart. Yeah. Magic Kingdom only has one, and I think Magic Kingdom should have two. But I guess that park, I can see why they don't want people having multiple entryways, because the castle is Magic Kingdom. Right. And if you enter any other way, it kind of is not the same. If you enter from the back or any of the sides, it's just not the same. But even in Animal Kingdom, I feel like there could be ways to get a second entrance in there, almost towards the back or near Pandora it's yeah. so popular but yeah I think having the second entrance will be really smart and I mean that could be plans for all of them eventually if they just keep adding things yeah. on like this and then it eventually all just like Come, weaves it'd be really like smart like the utilidors only it connects yeah. the parks it'd be really smart to do that I mean it'll be not that would be really nice to have because I mean in Disneyland of course everything there is on a smaller scale so Correct. you can just walk from the resort to Disneyland when in Disney World everything's much bigger you have to try, I mean unless you're paying high dollar to stay in the contemporary and you can walk to Magic Kingdom but you still can't walk to every park that's not logical and so it'll be nice to have um, a resort that you can walk to Hollywood Studios from so that's just we won't be staying there though the starting no, price is 900 a night no I <laughs> and I mean I don't think I would feel right staying there because even though the experience would be awesome, it wouldn't be the same for us because we're not a Star Wars family like other people. Not to offend any of you Star Wars fans out there, we just never... I don't think I would dislike it if I saw it. I just don't think it was one that I grew up watching, so to me, it's just kind of Right, so there. Dave's listening, Dave. We still love you guys. We know you're Star Wars fans, but we just... We're just not those people. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're Disney people, but we're not Star Wars Disney people. Yeah. Sorry. That's really cool. So uh, P.L. Travers, that is the author of Mary Poppins, if you have not seen Saving Mr. Banks, first of all, go watch it. Awesome movie. Second of all, she has been honored by English Heritage with a blue plaque outside of her former home where she was when she was writing Mary Poppins and when it, the film was in development. So to mark London History Day, the plaque was installed outside of 50 Smith Street in Chelsea in West London, and that was where she lived for 17 years. And this residence, the actual physical building, was what inspired the Banks' home in the film that we oh, all okay. have seen. And so it kind of like you can see from the pictures, you cannot listeners, unfortunately, but you can see that the door shape is the same, the bricks and the windows, everything's laid out very similarly. Um, but there is just a pla a plaque that now resides on that building saying P.L. Travers and then lists her birth and death dates. And then it says author of Mary Poppins lived and worked here 1946 to 1962. So they did honor her in some way, which I think was nice because that was a big deal. That was a big film, still a big deal. So in that article, did they talk about when the next Mary Poppins, the date, I want to say it's Christmas. They did not, and I found that, I kind of thought about that, where I was like, I wondered if it was for them to advertise for the new film, but I don't think it was. I think it was just they were honoring her memory. Well, I'm going to go into this next article, if you can maybe Google when the, I think Nick said it was at Christmas time, but I'm it not. It is Christmas time. Oh, okay. I can Google and see. I think they have a specific date I can see. I thought it was actually Christmas Day, so Google it and let me go on to this. I feel like I have to report on this, because Nick's not here, and he's always the one that likes to ruffle feathers, so I feel like I have to be the feather ruffler today, or this week, um, because Disney owns ABC, as we've talked about multiple times times they canceled Roseanne the show that had just been brought back after 20 years um, over a tweet that she put out and so this is just a reminder to everybody be careful what you put on social media I know um, you just never know who's going to read it or who it's going to offend and how it's going to affect you and this is something that even in college Kaylee's being taught be careful what you put on social media because employers future employers will be looking at that and so this is just a public service announcement from the mouse Maids <laughs> podcast because yeah the I mean, internet's dangerous you just yeah it's even if you think you delete it or it goes away it doesn't necessarily happen it and, doesn't go away and so here this 
um, the show is canceled, and, and it doesn't just affect those actors and actresses. It affects the crew, too. So there's over 200 people that have now lost their jobs and thought that they had jobs for next year. So be careful on social media, people. We have to be careful even on this show, and you know that. Yeah. So I looked up the... Mary Poppins returns date and it is Christmas Day. That's when it opens. Um, it's going to be set in 1930s London, so that's going to be 25 years after the events of the original film. And so now it's going to follow Mary Poppins and she's going to revisit Jane and Michael. And then this is going to be after a family tragedy that happens. So she's going to kind of come back and help them when they're Deal adults. Deal with it. And okay. so Dick Van Dyke will return. He's the only original returning. Yes. Emily Blunt will reprise the... Or not reprise, but she will take on the role of Mary Poppins. I'm super excited. I love Emily Blunt. I think and she... And who... Tell me what um, else she's been in. She is... Emily in the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay, That's good. That's who that woman is. So she, I don't know if any of you all have seen the Devil Wears Prada. Not Disney, but my favorite film. Um, and so it said that the principal photography began in the UK in 2017 in February. So they've been promoting for the film for a while, and now it's scheduled to release on Christmas. And so it says it's the longest gap between live-action film sequels in sequels in history at 54 years. So, wow, that's going to be a big deal if this film does not live up to the original. I mean, I don't think it ever will, but as long as it's not, I mean, it needs to be at least as good. If it's not, it'll just kind of... I'm so anxious to see what Dick Van Dyke, it doesn't say what character he plays. No. I was wondering says, if he's that old neighbor that always shoots off the cannons. Possibly, that would be fun. But I mean, it's set 25 years later, so the old neighbor would probably have died. True, but <laughs> I mean, he could be the new old neighbor, or maybe he would be a chimney. Like he'll be a chimney sweep again, just shown differently. I don't yes, know. Yes, because he is still dancing, even though he's ninety-two years old. It's amazing. So impressive. So Maleficent two. I had to find this for you, Kaylee, because I know what a Maleficent fan you are. I don't are. know. Like you said that in the one episode. Sorry, listeners, but she did. She said Kaylee loved that movie, and I mean, I you thought, made me watch it a lot. I said I thought it was okay. I kept watching it to think maybe it'll grow, and it never really Well, you did. never said that. So I assume when you watch a movie like um, Avatar over and over and over, you're in love with it. And so I didn't I realize... Know. I thought it was good. I just think it was not what I expected at all, and just... I don't know. Well, I just didn't know if you were like Nick, where you watch it for eight different perspectives so that you can put that all together. Because he said, no. first I go to Star Wars and I watch it for this. And then I go and I watch it for this. No, that. I'm not analytical like Nick is. <laughs> I just watch it over and over like a normal human being. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. We love you and do miss you. Um, so anyway, they started that production in the United Kingdom. And um, the cast members are as follows. I know I've listed some of them, but it seems that the cast is complete now. So Angelina Jolie will return as Maleficent, as we've talked about. We all also said that Elle Fanning was going to be Princess Aurora. And Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be Queen Ingrith. Harris Dickinson is going to be Prince Philip. Sam Riley will be Diaval. Imelda Staunton will be Notgrass. Juno Temple will be Thistlewit. Leslie Manville will be Flitty. Oh, this one's going to be fun. Chowelty Ijafor is seen in Doctor Strange. Ed Screen is seen in Deadpool. Robert Lindsay from Gallivant and Harris Dickinson from the show Trust. Then their creative team of the movie is the director Joachim Ronning, who did Pirates of the Caribbean. Car uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you. Dead Man Tell No Tales. And the writer, Linda Wolverton, did Beauty and the Beast, which should be awesome. The writer, the other writer, writers, I should say, is Micah Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harpster that did Transparent, which I've not seen yet. I have not seen that yet either. And pro the producers uh, are Joe Roth, the one that produced Alice Through the Looking Gla Glass, as well as Angelino Jolie is producing this one. So they will have other... Um, additional cast members, but those are like the main ones. And this is a fantasy adventure that's going to pick up several years after the original one that we saw. And it's going to have its notorious villain and drove her to a curse of baby Princess Aurora. Maleficent 2 continues to explore the complex relationship between the horned fairy and the soon-to-be queen. And as they form an alliance and face new ad adversaries in their struggle to protect the moors and the magical creatures creatures that reside within them so i don't know i think hopefully i mean it's got a lot of big names i think it'll be good 
I would need. I think I need to watch. It's just so dark. I I think it's the hardest thing for me. It is really dark, but I mean, it's about a Disney villain. So, I mean, I think I expected the darkness. Because, I mean, most, we know from, like, you know more than I do, but I know from my little experience compared to yours that almost every kid that, like, misbehaves, there's something behind it. So, I mean, it's nice that they're giving these villains backstories that we can see why they turned out the way they did. As long as we don't live out some of these villains in school. Yes. That would be great. (laughs) That's also true. (sighs) All right. So, for more new movies to come out this year. Disney's really going to hit the box office jackpot this year if everything lives up to what everybody's expecting. Wreck-It Ralph 2, which is Ralph Breaks the Internet, that comes out around Thanksgiving. So they're going to have that. So The Incredibles comes out in a short time now, about two weeks. Um, And then Wreck-It Ralph is going to come out around Thanksgiving. And then they're going to have Mary Poppins Returns at Christmas. So they're going to have a lot of feature films that are really high um, up there on our lists this year. So why don't we listen to that for a second? Hey, kid! Wake up! Ralph, what is wrong with you? Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off! Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going on the internet. search bar. What can I help you find today? Um, Umbrella. Umbridge. Umami. No. Noah's Ark. No doubt. Nordstrom Rack. Ergonomics. Urban Outfitters. Er, cool. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're gonna say. My autofill is a touch aggressive today. Let me try. Take me to a website that's super intense and really nuts. Oh, I only found one result. Oh, come on. Princesses and cartoon characters barf. princess are you? Uh, Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She She is is a a princess. princess. (laughs) Ralph breaks the internet. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yes, since he is Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? Mm, You're not wrong. I liked it. I thought everything was cool. I think there's a lot of, I think it's interesting because the the trailer, there was a a trailer teaser like a few days ago before the actual trailer came out. And um, it was really interesting because there was a lot of controversy actually because the clip that they showed had all the Disney princesses in there that they had included, but people were freaking out and angry because Mulan was not in the shot. And they were freaking out that Mulan was not featured. Now in the full trailer, You couldn't hear it, listeners, but if you go and watch it, if you haven't already, Mulan is in there. She just was not in the clip shown in the teaser. And they probably did that just to upset people so that they would watch the next one. I don't know that they did. I mean, there were a lot of princesses. I mean, I don't know. To me, that's not what I first thought of. It was so short that people had to have analyzed it to figure that out. But um, and there are I thought those it was, people that have time to do that. I thought it was funny because it's again showing Ralph and Vanellope like in their adventure together. But it's interesting because Vanellope, since her character is more kid like than yes. Ralph's, she's all like embracing the internet. And it's not that Ralph isn't, but everything's weird to him and he doesn't really understand what's going on. So they approach a help desk, but it's the search bar. And so Ralph 
starts trying to say what he wants, but it's funny, as you heard in the trailer, where I just think it's so relatable to the technology that we all endure every day. But he starts talking, and he starts trying to say, so he's like, we and the person at the help desk starts going, we need help. We want to go here. We want to do that. And so it starts giving all these options just like on a real computer. And it's really interesting that they made that clear. Um, And then they've got the real feminist side of things. I thought that was interesting. The part where Vanellope shows up in the princess's like dressing room where she's not supposed to be. But they're all like, why are you in here? And she's like, I'm a princess too. And she's trying to prove it. And they start asking her all these questions if they've happened to her. And they said, is your princess status validated by the fact that you were saved by a man and she said (laughs) yes and they're like she's one of us and so I just think it's really funny that they're pointing that out after it's been kind of pointed out for years that lots of all of them have been validated or saved by men right and so I just think it's really I think that is the shot why Mulan was not involved because she was not saved by a man she saved herself she's the exception oh that's the princess true category that's right because Joey always is like and so, so mad about I, that when you see the full trailer that makes sense why she's not there gotcha for them to say that line she wasn't one of those people but I mean it's kind of the whole flipped version for her where she was having to be a man to get anywhere right I mean I just think it's super cool I hope it really lives up to the first one because I think it's an underrated Disney film and plus it's just been years now since the first one came out it'll be nice because there are so many kids that unfortunately I should not feel old but there were lots of kids that like (laughs) were not they weren't born they're probably like five or six at at least at this point that weren't born when the first one came out or they were babies or they were babies yeah and they don't remember that's killer isn't it (laughs) so ant-man and the wasp is coming out this summer disneyland uh friends you get a sneak peek they're going to be running a preview from june 8th to july the 15th at disneyland and you can see what's going on in the movie, get a little clip of the movie more than we even get to see on television. So you definitely want to check that out. That's all I have. All right. All right. I guess it's about that time. Mom, why don't you take us back? Here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. June 6th. 2006, Walt Disney Records soundtrack from the Disney Pixar animated film Cars is released. And the CD boasts a score from Randy Newman and new songs from Brad Paisley, Cheryl Crow, and James Taylor. And I don't know if you guys ever bought that one for your iPod. I can't remember because you guys had iPods at the time, I think, not iPhones. And, um, but I remember you guys listening to these songs a lot, so... It was a good soundtrack. Yeah, I I just, it had a lot of great songs on it, and it made me... I mean, Randy Newman is incredible. Yeah. All the Disney composers are. It's just, you can't replace them, I know. All right, so then June the 7th, 2002, Disney's animated series, I looked this one up just for you, the Cars was more for Joey, because he's the Cars fanatic, Uh, Kim Possible premiered on the Disney Channel back in 2002. Wow. I know, you were... Throwback. You were going to kindergarten that year, oh my gosh. Yeah, they had three back-to-back episodes, and uh, the series revolved around the life of Kimberly Ann Possible, and as we know, eventually became a game at Epcot, which is no longer there now, because now it's uh, the platypus man's game that they have there, but it used to be Kim Possible at Epcot. Well, I actually think, yeah, you're right, I think it's now, oh, it is the platypus game still. Yeah. You're right, okay, never mind. I I mean, I kind of think that they need to maybe add in some Marvel or something. They need to update that, because... Phineas and Ferb has been over for a while. Like, mo- I don't even know that they play it on there anymore. I don't watch Disney Channel anymore. I mean, most of the shows on there, I turn it on. That's how I know I've outlived my Disney Channel days, is I turn it on and I don't know almost any show that's on. So That's why you go on to Hulu or yes, uh, and Netflix. You watch, you watch the oldies, but the goodies. The stuff that you remember from when you were little, like Lizzie McGuire. Hannah Montana. Yeah, Hannah Montana for sure. So then June the 8th, 2005, the Walt Disney Company donates several Disneyland objects to the Smithsonian National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C., which we definitely should take you to eventually. I know we haven't still taken you to that. But among some of the things that they donated um, to the opening of that was the Dumbo, the Flying Elephant, and the Mad Tea Party. They donated vehicles from each of those rides. Wow, that's a big deal. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, and I know you didn't watch Sesame Street as much as I did, but I know you did watch it at one time, and um, 
they have Oscar the, the original Oscar the Grouch in yeah. the trash can there. And um, they just got some really cool things, Mr. Rogers. Uh, sw- one of his sweaters. Yeah. And- no, I definitely think it's a. it was smart of them to do that because, I mean, that started... Obviously, there's no even words to describe what that started. Well, I just, um, and this is kind of off of Disney for a second, but Sesame Street and um, Electric Company helped a lot of kids learn how to read because uh, even now they have YouTube videos that we can show in our classrooms when we're teaching little um, sections like words that end with app. And then you could find that on YouTube and watch that where they put them together and make new words and the kids say it together. And although old and cheesy still taught kids how to read. So anyways, June the 9th, 2005, Robert B. Sherman and his brother, Richard M. Sherman were inducted in the songwriters hall of fame. Uh, they have written scores or when they did this, they had written the sword in the stone, uh, music, Mary Poppins, the jungle book and the Tigger movie. So besides the Tigger movie, they also wrote the great big, beautiful tomorrow, which is one of our favorite rides at magic kingdom, carousel progress. And it's a small world. So, um, I think that they rightfully should have been inducted. That's just my personal opinion. I think just for Mary Poppins, they could have been inducted. Oh. I mean, all those other ones, like icing on the cake, but Mary Poppins, if anything. Well, I just think of all they endured with P.L. Travers. <laughs> yeah. After after watching Saving Mr. Banks, you see how they put their work. I mean, that's so hard as a composer, especially in the movie industry and just they're shot down every day. Yeah. Just, and it takes what? a long time no, to develop those ideas. I can't do this. Yeah. When she was just And they so write it and they're so pumped. And then she says, no, too comical. And they're like, how do we do this again? <laughs> how are we going to sell this woman on this music? Uh, June 10th, 2000, uh, to mark the return of the Indiana Jones spectacular Disney's MGM Studios, which we know now as Hollywood Studios, after a six-month hiatus um, for refurbishments, reopened the Indiana Jones show. Um, I guess I didn't realize that it had <laughs> but I mean, that was before we went, so yeah. we wouldn't have known the refurbishments of it, but I'm, I'm sure you everything needs a refurbishment, except, especially since uh, that big boulder that rolls, I know several times has has stopped rolling when in the middle yeah. of the show and stuff. I mean, that's been on YouTube for people were like, the boulder stopped moving while we were at the show. So I'm sure it did. They invited 500 people that were from Florida to view it first though. That was wow. pretty cool. Yeah. June 11th, 1977. Wow. This is before like most people were alive. Oh, I'm just kidding. Walt Disney World's version of the Main Street Electrical Parade debuted. Wow. 1977. I did not realize it was that old. Yep. It, well, Sorry it, if I'm offending anybody. I just, techno- technology-wise, I would not guess that it would have premiered that early. Well, it originally appeared in Disneyland in 1972 and then was brought to um, Disney World in 1977 when it replaced Spectro Magic, which I believe Chrissy's talked about Spectro Magic before. I want to say that's true. But yeah, that's uh, it was there a long time and now we have nothing. I think that's why it's so sad. Yeah, I feel they definitely need to get something. I really, if somebody out there hears this, I really want the Paint the Night Parade at Disney World. I really want to see that in person. I know. And they're saying, people fly saying, to Disneyland. Go to Disneyland. You can see it there. Which, yes, I feel that I do need to see Disneyland at some point in my life. But for now, it would make sense for them to move it there. Yeah, I didn't know why we didn't just trade. Because they had I know, for a because while. they're like, wow, we need a mix-up. Let's sharing, sharing is caring, people. <laughs> They We're teaching just... kids about Disney magic and you teach them sharing is caring. <laughs> so June 12th, 1957 at Disneyland, the Monsanto house of the future opened at Tomorrowland. So that was before the carousel of progress. Wow. I don't even know what that is. Well, it's in Disneyland. Ah, okay. So I'm sure again, if we got on YouTube, we could look at it, but, um, it was just a walkthrough attraction. It wasn't like a ride. And then it was made into, um, Walt took those ideas and made them into the Carousel of Progress to take to World's Fair. I I believe that's the correct story. If not, I need to correct myself and I apologize listeners. We reported on a whole bunch of history on the Carousel of Progress one day. So June 13th, 2002 is our last piece of history for today. Academy Award winner songwriter Randy Newman, again, sorry, great writer guys. He wrote Monsters, Inc., our songs for Monsters, Inc., and he, uh, You Got a Friend in Me for Toy Story. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame during a dinner at, um, a dinner and ceremony in New York City. And so, 
that's all the history I have for you. As always, listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Please go and check out our friends at WaltExpress.com for anything you ever want to know about Disney. You can uh, check us out on Stitcher Radio, uh, iTunes, Podbean. You can even link through our Facebook page to listen to our shows from week to week. We appreciate you listening to us. We appreciate your feedback. So if you would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to contact us and let us know what you would like to talk about on the show. Hopefully not too controversial because we don't want to ruffle too many feathers, but uh, we love to have guests on our show. Simply text us at 407-674-0414 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in booking a trip, you know how much Nick and I love to plan people's Disney trips for you. You can get a free quote by simply uh, contacting us at mousecapadespodcast.com. Net. Let me rephrase that. Travel at mousecapadespodcast.net. Well, listeners and Kaylee, I think it's about that time. Peace and love. Have a magical day, my friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades Podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.